previously on redwoods okay i was gonna cut together a whole previously on thing with like clips but it's nine in the morning here's how the movie is so far redwoods is a movie that is not about trees there's a man he has a husband him and his husband's marriage is on the rocks they treat their son very poorly the husband and the son go on vacation to seattle to see the sailing ships because that's a thing that people do the man stays home he meets a moody writer who's like not pulling off the bad boy thing as much as he thinks he is they become quick friends they very obviously want to kiss but don't because the man is married the man's mom is acting real sus but it's not because she has a secret child nope it's a different thing what's gonna happen next for a full list of warnings see the description on your podcast app or the previous episode Thank you so much for sticking around for season two. Here's the rest of the episode. Chase back to his place. Chase likes the design of the kitchen. Um, apparently, Miles did like picked everything out, uh, like did a lot of the decorating in the house. That's gonna be relevant later, but not really. Everett starts to talk about the problems with his marriage and instead asks Chase to help fix the lawn sprinkler, which is one of the chores that he's supposed to get done while the family's in Seattle. Mm-hmm. You'd think that this is leading up to him then opening up later about the problems with the marriage. You would be wrong. <laughs> because this is a, this movie is trying to be a rom-com, the sprinkler goes off when they're not expecting it, and they both end up wet, and they wrestle in the grass. Everett was so stupid in this scene. <laughs> he turns the sprinklers on early, and then... He, like, runs back and forth between Chase, who's just holding it getting soaked for some reason, doesn't let it go, and then um, the valve to turn it off and can't decide what he wants to do, so he just runs back and forth for a weird amount of time. (laughs) Do something, dude. Mm -hmm. It felt very instructive in some ways that I was like, huh, is this meant to show that, like, his, his husband's asking him to do these chores and he doesn't know how to do them? Because, again... A valid thing that could be solved by communication. (laughs) Yeah. There's like, there are household chores that are difficult to do for various reasons. I get it. But Jenny, (laughs) communication isn't sexy. Not sexy. You know what is sexy? Not knowing how to fix a goddamn sprinkler and uh, luring men in to to get wet in it. They hit Chinese takeout. Everett recites this uh, list of things that are weird about Chase. One, he writes his book longhand. Two, he does not have a cell phone. Three. That's weird. He can't. It's 2009. It was still early enough, I feel. Fine. I guess. Iffy, though. Iffy. Iffy. Could be a red flag. It's like right on the cusp. It's like right on the cusp. Depending on, depending on uh, the other circumstances. Yeah. Out of like newly out of town or newly in town i should say no like mobile form of communication iffy and he can't use chopsticks i mean i can't use chopsticks. that's minnesota I can't use chopsticks 
<laughs> like, it's really embarrassing to watch me try to use chopsticks. It's it's a bad time. I don't have that much motor control. I learned, uh, I'm quite good at using chopsticks, but that is because I lived in Japan for a time. <laughs> and so you, you kind of have to. You got yeah, it. You have an excuse. It's still in there. It's still in there. <laughs> you don't count. I mean, We're in an immersive educational experience. <laughs> <laughs> it's a... Uh, it's like a, if a, a guy wearing a shirt that says Minnesota on it is like, yeah, I struggle with chopsticks. I'd be like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. If almost any like American was like, hey, I have a hard time with chopsticks, I'd be like, yeah, I, I get it. It's kind of more unusual that I'm very comfortable with them being from Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, the husband, Miles calls... Everett, don't put your hand on this man's shoulder while you're talking to your husband. Don't do Yeah, it. is that supposed to be romantic or sexy or something? You're literally on the phone with your husband and child. I have He's the like... answer, and it's not that it's romantic or sexy. It's just exactly what happened in Bridges of Madison County. <gasps> the layers, the layers. I need uh. like a streamer soundboard with a, a streamer soundboard. Hello, with a, um, like the air horn <laughs> sound on it. <laughs> 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 it's Bridges of Madison County again. But that exact like scene occurs with the same framing and everything in the novella where she's on the phone and then I hate she that. just like crosses over behind him and then places this hand on his shoulder as if to communicate like, yes, I'm married, <laughs> but I'm here with you. Uh, because that's how phones work. Gross. Yeah. They talk about coupons, which means their marriage is falling yep. apart. And <laughs> if your son is nonverbal, <laughs> yeah. he has no, he does not speak verbally. He does not use the words. Why are you talking to him on the phone? <laughs> Oh my god, I'm so glad you brought that up because I was so confused. I was going to start screaming, yeah. This is when... It's not yeah. even like FaceTime is a thing yet, you know? Where he you could at least see the other person's face and like maybe he can, I don't know, do something with his body to communicate, whatever. He's just talking at this child who has no way to like indicate that he is even hearing. Right. Him. Yeah. It's It struck me throughout this film that the... And there could be a piece of exposition here that I'm missing, so please correct me if I have, but it really felt like um, Everett and Miles are acting as if they have known their son for the same length of time that I have known their son. <laughs> Where yeah, they that's, that's such a great throughout <laughs> Throughout the movie, it feels like they just have like, no fucking idea how to... Like, I, I don't, like, interact with their son, which I find baffling, because, mm -hmm. for one thing, not that hard to figure out, I'm, I'm gonna say, you know, brother, access is love, like, you'll, you'll figure it out, but I, I, but I'm also, like, have you not had your son? This is your son? Like, and you haven't just thought mm -hmm. to, like, how could I, how could I possibly, like, help my son out make life easier for my son text him. and the narrative wants us to believe that they're great parents i know mm -hmm. and that was something that also yeah felt like i was being told look at this like look at how much they love their son that's the only thing keeping their marriage together yeah told and not mm -hmm. shown and i'm like why are you showing me like this weird it really felt like it was a, a narrative about like parental neglect yeah. you know kind of kind of a benign neglect kind of thing where like they simply are not providing the care that their son needs 
and that that doesn't mean that they're being bad people but it means that they are not like putting in the effort that they need to as parents given the you know in order to be parents their son you know and that that felt like it was so compelling because they like kept bringing up this line and i was like is this what the movie's about like i don't <laughs> i i don't get it i don't know why they're so insistent on like look they don't know how to be how to parent their son and i'm like okay well it was so awkward are we gonna do something about that is that like autistic characters is that why cannot simply exist they have to be framed as like either it's it's wonderful that the people taking care of them are tolerating their disability or yeah. they are a burden and therefore the people who yeah. are who are taking care of them don't even have to put in any effort. The fact that he's still like around is enough. Right. I mean and that does kind of cast again the infidelity I mean, in this sense of like, especially, you know, at least this is this is very much the case in Bridges of Madison County is that the affair was not just like, ah, she met her soulmate. It was meant to like bring her out of the life that she was living, which included living on a farm, you know, having children, having a husband, and that the affair is very much cast as like a way to um, cross out of that life temporarily, mm -hmm. you know, and to live the life of this, uh, this artistic, you know, interesting traveling photographer man. And so if that reading is to extend to Redwoods, then it becomes really a quite a, um, it's, kind, it's kind of disturbing in some ways. And this scene- He's running, he's running, he has to escape parenting a disabled <laughs> child he's running <laughs> <laughs> it's this scene forces us to confront that reality mm -hmm. that we are meant to see this as this affair is an escape from his present life uh be that his you know boring marriage you know his he has a son his you know living with all these all you know his extended family lives very close to him and seems to be very involved in what's going on in his life uh you know an escape from all of that and that in so doing has kind of put this secondary cast on the on his family life that again is quite disturbing it's like you're not even fulfilling some pretty basic parenting roles here but that is still too much for you like it's it's very i don't know this scene is very icky for that reason mm -hmm. in my mind yeah absolutely um then we get chase by the pool at the b and b he's working on his book lots of people write longhand it's fine <laughs> uh everett's mom stalks him while like playful circus music plays that was so oh, creepy. Yeah. I hate this entire scene. Uh -huh. Why is she acting like that? Yeah. Like she why is she acting like she has any excuse to actually talk to this man? Yeah. Again, seems like she has a vested interest outside of her uh, her son. You know, that's what the movie seems to be telling mm -hmm. us. And then it was a coward about it when commit. Yeah. And like I cannot stress enough that he has no context. He doesn't know who this woman is. Yeah. She's just some weirdo who sat next sat in the pool lounger next to him and started talking and like guessed his right. name. If someone came up to me and I did not know that if if I'm in another state, if I'm on vacation, oh my goodness. And someone comes up to me and says, "Hey, aren't you Hal?" I would I would 
karate chop them in the neck on reflex. I'd call what? the police. <laughs> Immediately <laughs> call the police. <laughs> like, who are you? I mean, it's it's even like I I like live here in Seattle, right? And it's still enough of a city where like if anyone says like oh hey you're jenny right i'm terrified now (laughs) i what what do you mean (laughs) (laughs) it's like and i don't know i looked up the the place where this is i don't remember if it's where it's supposed to be set or where it's filmed humboldt Mm -hmm. has 132,000 people i do feel it's just enough where if i was visiting and it's big, and someone comes up to me and is like, hey, you're Jenny, right? Then, um, then yeah, it's karate chop, it's police, it's vomiting, it's it's all of it. <laughs> she just, like, stares at him from a foot away, and he gets super uncomfortable. And she invites him to dinner with the family. And he says yes for some reason. I guess she must have explained who she was. I don't know. I mean, I hope so. Just, I hope so. We just it's, hard cut to dinner. <laughs> We're like, yep, this is fine. 2009, it was an innocent <laughs> Chase tells... So, so long ago. Chase tells a story about how he was in a rodeo once. He got dragged by a cow. He, Him and Everett make homosexual eye contact. Stop it. You're married. <laughs> yeah, and you're doing this, first of all, in front of your entire family, mm-hmm. which is weird. I don't know why no one's like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, also, Everett can't act to save his life, no. and that was so, like obvious to me in this scene he delivers this one line in particular (laughs) that i hated so much and i can't act it properly because i i don't know i speak too much like a person but he like says this line (laughs) don't listen to him he's very talented and while making this really creepy face and i was so upset i had to pause the movie and like walk away for a second that's so good i had to walk that one off (laughs) yeah it was so bad the guy who plays everett I had the cast up in a in a tab. The guy who plays Ever is a real actor now. That sucks. But he wasn't at the time. <laughs> we <laughs> <laughs> No, but he's like been in other things, I'm you know. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> H- had he been in other things before before Redwoods? I uh I can look, but if we're gonna bother Adam Driver about Gaby, which we absolutely should, if we get the opportunity, we have to go up to Brendan Bradley and say, "I love you." Oh, what a terrible name! Brendan Bradley? That's a fake person. That's a fake person that he has I a made website. up. No, he has a Wikipedia page. <laughs> I can't lie to this man and say I liked him in this movie. I can't. Now, Adam Driver, it is now a dream of mine mm-hmm. to talk to him about it. Yeah. Um, unironically. <laughs> but I can't lie to this man. This is his first who said, film. Don't listen to him. He's very talented in this weird voice and weird face. Why is his face like that? I can't <laughs> That's lie to That's what him. I would say to him. That would be the only thing I say to this him. Is his... I would, like, come up to him and be like, oh, hey, you know, fucking Brendan... Brendan Bradley, two first names, sir? Well, he's very talented. And then I would do my best impression of homosexual eye contact. And then oh I would. Oh my god, uh, he's in Wayward Guide. Oh my god. I truly, why is he in real things? Why was he allowed to be in anything? Like, did no one watch this movie and be like, ooh, gotta avoid that? That's a this hard is his pass. This is first film. This is his first film. Okay, um, but it's really, really bad. That does make me feel better. It is a rough start, but you would have to have an amazing audition 
to counteract this. <laughs> the hyperlink for uh, Redwoods on Brendan Bradley's Wikipedia page, the hyperlink for Redwoods goes to the Wikipedia page for Sequoias. So, Oh, that's embarrassing. <laughs> that is so embarrassing, considering oh, my trees aren't even like important in this movie. <laughs> if you look him up, Brendan Bradley, it's just like a bunch of like shirtless like thirst pics of him ew, is, ew. Is he's cute now no he's don't make me now. throw up please no <laughs> he's cute now gross he he grew into his goofy face disgusting he does he does have a goofy face which i but I mean, it look it looks good though in now how stop please i'm begging it does. You. I'm, I'm he's begging. got like a jaw i'm just <laughs> i'm truly asking for a bit of kindness he doesn't have a bowl cut anymore. Getting rid of the bowl cut does wonders. We get the, the second dick in this movie. Everett's brother skinny dips in their hot tub. This scene serves no purpose. And he does it while they have a guest over and they chat about mm-hmm. the fact that that's weird and he still doesn't mm-hmm. care. I alternately think about this scene nonstop <laughs> and also have tried to erase it from my memory. Yes. <laughs> it's so it's so compelling. It's bizarre. You had to like have a hot tub for this scene. Mm-hmm. Like, you you planned this scene, <laughs> and you put it in the film. There were other scenes in this film that didn't make it in the final cut, but mm-hmm. this one did. Other scenes that it. needed to exist. Why? feel their, their <laughs> lack really strongly. Absolutely. There's so much exposition that's just gone. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Everett asks his brother what he thinks of Chase, and, like, why does that matter? He's not your boyfriend. You're He's not your boyfriend. Married. You're married. Hey, what do you think of this uh, friend that I just made, like, two days ago? Mm-hmm. Thoughts? Right, it's not even like they have a profound bond, <laughs> because they did just meet. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's part of the the thing with that. Oh, stop. Don't even. <laughs> <laughs> um, bridges, yeah, they're bridges. Like, this is bridges, bridges. It's, uh, <laughs> it's like uh, they always make a big deal about how they're soulmates. They're, they no. have... And it's soulmates to mean <laughs> as if they have this like lifetime of love that they were supposed to share that they can mm-hmm. only get a small snippet of. And that's why it moves so fast is because they're soulmates. And this is, I'm just supposed to kind of like take this and say like, yeah, and not interrogate any piece of it. It's, it really is like, both Bridges and Redwoods, I'm like, please, you're focusing on the wrong thing. Like, I am <laughs> rapturously interested in everything going on in here, but you're making me look at, like, this thing that I don't care about, you know? <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, his mom is bonding way too much with Chase, and, he's, and she says, I'm surprised he never mentioned you. They met two days ago. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I didn't get that at all. Did she? Does she think that they've had this long friendship for years? Does she? I'm <laughs> truly asking because otherwise, this doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. Anytime you start to put like the constraints of how the real world works on this film, the more it falls apart. Um, <laughs> you know, in this essay where I, I discuss the surrealism, the inherent surrealism of. Uh, Redwoods 2009, I will. Then 
Chase and Everett talk, and Chase is basically like, I'm sorry that your family, like, pack-bonded with me so quickly, which is a fair thing to apologize for, because they did do that. It is weird. And then he's like, I'll leave you alone, and Everett does this fake-out where he, it's supposed to be cute, where he's like, oh, I hated that line. Mm-hmm. I have plans tomorrow, and <laughs> Chase, Chase, like, looks crestfallen, and he says, with you. There's another, like, ellipses that you can see appear in the air, mm-hmm. in the pause. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, like, pronounces the ellipses, yeah. And it just does not land. <laughs> then, I guess they're just fully dating now, because Chase goes to pick him up the next day in his stupid little sedan, and he's like, <laughs> I'm looking for the handsomest man in Humboldt. Shut up! Shut up! Yeah, that is, like, it did go... It's like, until this point, I I could have seen their relationship is still platonic to this point, and we... Mm-hmm. With all that homosexual eye contact? <laughs> no discussion. They're just kind of like... You can pine platonically. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it does, like, transition very fast with, again, no communication. The, th- the theme here is that Everett doesn't know how to communicate in any relationship that he's in. Nope. And, and that's like the fundamental conflict here. Oh, I can't wait to talk about the ending. Talk about communication. <laughs> Me too! Yeah. No, we're supposed to like sympathize with this? What, don't you, don't you not uh, communicate anything with your partner of eight years? Don't <laughs> you, uh, you know, fall madly in love with someone that you met two days ago? Can't say. I mean, yeah. But not in, like, an irresponsible way. Say not in this way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do anything about it. I was going to say, uh, I, it's the it's the fact that, like, we've moved from meet cute to, like, full-fledged. Also, can I say very, like, openly, like, almost flaunted relationship. <laughs> mm-hmm. That very his quickly. family just supports. It's his, so his, weird mom and brother are both like chase seems cool like no he doesn't no he doesn't first of all he does not seem cool (laughs) he's just a man kind of like below average honestly i mean that was one of the things that i i think is compelling about bridges is that francesca's met two men and like you're honest (laughs) to god telling me that everett has met two men and and he's like yes i've done it i've solved it (laughs) There's more harmonica stuff. Uh, Chase fully says, I'm trying to serenade you, like, while playing this ha- harmonica. Stop. God, at least he can communicate. True. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Then, uh, Everett, okay. Here's, here's another <laughs> thing that I'm mad about. Two things. Everett, like, tickles Chase, like, playfully, and it doesn't even dissolve into, like, a tickle fight where they're, like, rolling around, and they end up, like, on top of each other, and there's a moment of tension, so what's yeah. the point? Right. Oh it's my just God. weird Two, now. This is a romance, and it is called Redwoods, and it is very concerned with the Redwood trees, and they do not bang in the woods. Of all the places to bang in the story, they didn't put it in the, the woods the red ones, I might add. <laughs> they don't even it kiss is... pressed up against a tree. <laughs> My yeah. Why do they not press them up against a tree? What is the point? Weak. 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 Cowardly, I'd say. You went to film on location? Yeah. For this? And, you and didn't there's kiss. no kiss in the trees? 
he talks in that interview about how it was really hard to film in this location because there was no cell signal and it was hot all the time and like they couldn't get craft services out sometimes. They went to all that trouble and they do not bang in the woods and that is why this movie sucks. They went on location to film by the trees. Two instances of full frontal male nudity not banging in the trees. And these are two circles that do not overlap in a Venn diagram where the center Disgusting. is banging in the trees. Disgusting. Disgusting. <laughs> Back at the house, Everett talks about Billy. Do not introduce your son to the man you are having an affair with. I'll kill you. Don't talk to me about Billy. <laughs> also, I think, no, it was like really quick, but I think he like casually mentioned that they have a maid. Yeah. Oh. What? Yes. <laughs> Billy learned some Spanish from the maid. No! How did I block that out? How did I block <laughs> that out? I just straight up, like, turned off. Like, the... where is the maid, though? Yeah, where? Yeah. I haven't seen her. Why isn't she there to, like, give them meaningful looks? Or, I guess, to enthusiastically support their uh, relationship. Yeah, like everyone else. Of everyone else in this film. Or, like, yeah. accidentally walk in on them, and, like, now there's the threat that she will tell the husband like the what so this movie sneaks in some casual racism and then also sneaks in non-verbalism as tragedy yeah because billy did talk when he was younger and now he doesn't and that's somehow the worst thing that's ever happened shut up allistic stop talking allistic stop talking (laughs) also like the narrative frames chase as being really great about the fact that Billy is autistic in this conversation just because he doesn't (laughs) out loud say oh wow that sucks that he's autistic so obviously he's the greatest person that's ever like walked this earth obviously in that way also I mean I guess I shouldn't say that this troubles me in particular or not it just is that means that the narrative is also framing chase as like the antidote as something that that billy needs too that it's not just that everett needs this it's that you know because um like everett and chase are neglectful parents then we need the intervention or sorry everett and miles chase i get their names mixed up um chase (laughs) chase is like a needed intervention in this family unit because mm-hmm. while ever is stepping out on the family unit, it's also this heavy implication that like, well, maybe the family unit would be healthier if Chase was the other partner involved rather than examining the shortcomings of Everett and Miles parenting. It's like, I mean, in, in many ways, it, it definitely just add a third. Like, yeah, just like, well, for one thing, I mean, let us just briefly dip our toe into yet another uh, cheating narrative that could be solved by polyamory and then and, <laughs> and draw the toe right back out. But it's, uh, it, it is very troubling to me. I will go so far as to say this is troubling that like the family is shown. It's not just the marriage it's the family is shown as being in need of something and being in need of repair. And that like, and here's chase with chase. His book. Yeah, Chase can just do all of it, you know. But we're and told that... that Miles is a great dad. Yeah, but they yes. told us. <laughs> so it doesn't make sense. I mean, we don't see it. Because <laughs> they didn't throw the kid out once he went nonverbal. Yeah. 
they're like they're not actively abusing the child so they're doing great <laughs> the whole yeah that whole thing of the the fact that they're like this is you know a family unit that is both being cheated on and is in need of like repair wherever it wants to leave his life altogether but he also wants to introduce something new to like fix his life unclear it's all very strange mm-hmm. then we get this shot this like little scene of chase's parents talking about like a crossword and then uh the mom is like i'm glad that everett's spending time with chase and the dad's like i'm not and that's foreshadowing foreshadowing you know what the dad (laughs) is my favorite character in this movie yes because he is the only person with some sense yeah he's the only one that isn't supporting his son cheating he's the only one who's like hang on a second Mm -hmm. Don't you think we're all moving a little bit fast? But the the movie sincerely wants us to believe that this is a world in which you can solve all of your issues, real or imagined, by meeting. It just takes meeting the right person, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a, a worldview that believes in soulmates and believes in the idea that all of your problems will be solved by meeting the right person introducing the right person and that it's very natural to the point that everyone in your life will recognize somehow Mm -hmm. that you've met the right person and that cheating is fine actually if it's in service of you know reconnecting with your soulmate it's it's natural almost you know i i keep using this very loaded word that i really shouldn't be using uh as a as a post-humanist scholar but it's very like um (laughs) Uh, like understandable you know well of course you're cheating with him that's that's your soulmate you know and that's kind Mm -hmm. of something that everyone in the film buys into except for the dad and that's why the dad is the is the uh audience standing character in this essay i will (laughs) (laughs) then hard cut to the to chase and everett standing in full profile staring at each other chase touches his everett's cheek and then he leaves. Mm-hmm. Then the dad takes ever takes Everett to the antique shop because this town has one store. Yeah. And the dad thinks that the mom won't come to the antique shop looking for him. But what if she just comes to the antique shop because she likes the antique shop? Extremely interested in this vase. This the, <laughs> this actor was told be interested in the vase, and he said okay. Again, <laughs> understands the assignments. And the dad does the best that he can to discourage this thing that his son is doing, and that's why he is a valid dad. This yeah. this was upsetting to me, because he says this line, like, wounds take a long time to heal, or something like that, mm-hmm. which is great. And I thought that meant that we were going to see consequences for ever cheating and let me tell you there are no (laughs) consequences let me tell you You miles seems to support the cheating (laughs) (laughs) so i actually this pissed me off the secret tragedy of miles in this movie truly then we go fishing with the brother and the brother's like you have so much discipline you haven't cheated on your husband yet and then they're like talking about chase and the brother says do you love him and like it's been maybe six is, days maybe that's maybe. that's generous max i mean it's it really is like if a family member of mine asked me hey heard you just met some first of all big assumption 
that they know someone I met two days ago. Um, <laughs> and they're like, hey, I just wanted to know if you're like in love with them or not. Then like, I'm really concerned about my family member here. <laughs> not particularly me or anything. I'm like, why do you think I'm in love with this person that I met two days ago? This mm-hmm. family's Unless, messed up. You know? Also, that's, yeah. if you're in, hey, PSA. Hey, if you're in a long, t- if you're in a relationship and you fall in love with someone else, uh, you gotta break up with the person you're with before you go after the person you're in love with. Yeah, like that'd be the nice said. thing to do, the responsible mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. The responsible thing, yeah. Talk to your husband about how you fell in love with someone. Else. It really Please. is that, like, you know, if you're in a long-term relationship and you find that you have feelings for someone outside of that relationship, then that's not like the end of the world but you do have to take responsibility for those feelings and do something with them because a Mm -hmm. relationship is involving another person and you have a responsibility to them to you know sort that out with them and and there's a lot of things that you could you can do you know to be a good responsible partner about this to all people involved um this movie does none of them just none (laughs) and uh somehow everyone in this film is like actually um you should really just bang and not talk about it (laughs) (laughs) they're like you in love now (laughs) um everett comes home and there's candles everywhere because i guess chase broke into his house while he was gone what does he have a key (laughs) how is he inside (laughs) this man's house i mean let's really talk about the imagery of you come home to your house that is supposed to have no one in it and you find candles everywhere and there's fire hello (laughs) and no lights are on like it's dark in the house too which is creepy i would again be calling the police it's it's a very yeah (laughs) telephone ayala police is very like i you know maybe ever it didn't it is 2009 but i for one spent most of my adolescence in the true crime crucible <laughs> and as such uh coming home and seeing all the lights off with only like some fire is um not romantic <laughs> no <laughs> take note nightmare okay nightmare so time. in the previous scene where they were eating chinese uh chase can't use chopsticks so everett goes and gets him a fork and then i guess the fork was still on the table and he like looks longingly at it (laughs) he like picks it up and it sighs oh my god oh my i i legit interpreted that as um chase broke into this man's house and just made himself dinner and left the fork there that is because chase is an asshole yeah, I was like, oh, wow, Chase is even more like, of an oh, asshole. this slob, haha. So then Chase emerges from the shadows. Uh, again, <laughs> Tara, Everett, it's a horror film now. It's a horror film now. And I'm crying. <laughs> Everett surges towards him. And they start tearing each other's clothes off. Yeah, how do they not rip their clothes? They slam into the couch, and then they slam onto the floor. The couch is literally right next to them, and they have sex on the floor. And I don't even think yeah. it's carpeted. What are you doing? No, it's hardwoods. It's hardwoods. What are you doing? Um, it's redwoods. So, <laughs> stop. Every- <laughs> stop! <laughs> 
Everett mentioned earlier that Miles decorated the whole place, and I think that if he had mentioned specifically that he was really passionate about installing the hardwood floors, then them banging on the floor would be meaningful. Nothing mm. about this movie is meaningful. I need you to just sure under- it is. no, no. <laughs> He's running. No. There's really I I forget who it is, but there's some. Um, I I had read once that like the way we should think about literary criticism is not that you're unearthing meaning out of the 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 thing you're studying, um, but rather that we all are building meaning kind of. Uh, like mm. out of the pieces of the things that we consume or like on top of it. Um, and mm-hmm. I think this movie is a, is a very good example of how um, <laughs> you cannot unearth meaning out of this, um, but you can build some meaning on top of it. You know, you it's can build not... a, nice, a nice little summer home, like on top of the, the open pit of uh, Redwoods 2009. <laughs> it's not that deep, but it is a solid foundation. Yeah. No. Now we're talking. <laughs> yes. Um, no. So... Remind me, is there no music in this scene? I think there is. I don't is. remember. Is okay. there? I feel okay. like there is. Music is really important. Music is really important. In this movie, there's like several motifs. Yeah, and it angers me. <laughs> there's a composer in the in the credits pretty early on, like right after the director. Damn. Um, like all of Chase's lines, the music felt like it was being really pretentious and it didn't deserve right. it. Yes. Um, right. Yeah. Yes. I was really, like, personally attacked by the music choices. I got so angry. <laughs> I I just remember, uh, and I can't remember what aspect of this scene uh, disturbed me so, um, besides the all of it, um, <laughs> I remember distinctly really hating the scene, uh, the the sex scene, because um, I, f- I really felt like it was shot to be, like, as uncomfortable as possible and, like, not romantic the lighting is really bad also the lighting's really bad it's like weirdly harsh but also underlit (laughs) it's a very like i remember it being i my feeling was like this is shot like a different type of scene and i don't know what but it's definitely one that's meant to make me like uncomfortable like as Mm -hmm. i was not just because it's like a sex scene in a movie i was anticipating it you know i was prepared for this and yet still when they showed it to me i'm like god did i not want this (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> in the way you're showing it to me, uh, yeah. like that, it was very framed as, you know, not necessarily gelling with the tone of the rest of the movie, which is fair. It's a big departure point, um, but I felt like it was very much a departure point in a like, what is going on here? Is like, it because feels it's bad. fast? Is it because it's staccato? Everything in this movie is Could super slow and languid and we like linger on shots of people's faces and we zoom in on hands is it because they're moving really quickly honestly it could be (laughs) with the weird lighting i mean again it's like uh so it's visually you know thematically uh cinematically different than the rest of the movie um but it comes across to me as very awkward rather than being like a a notable diversion point in Bridges, uh, the way that this scene is communicated is that um, there is an overall, there's like three frames in uh, Bridges. uh, And one of them is that uh, Francesca is on the the anniversary of the four days they spent together or some such thing. Um, Then she always like reminisces about it and like walks around the house like, 
following the path that they did. So she like sits in the kitchen where they danced and then goes upstairs to the bedroom where they bang or whatever. And oh, it is a very like, um, like her go purposefully going through the memories is a very ritualistic thing that she does. Um, and so that is very much not the case in, in <laughs> Redwoods, I think. Um, and in fact, it's like the point that they um, that they travel throughout the house during their time together is a big uh, aspect of um, the reliving aspect of Bridges. Whereas in Redwoods, it's like it's time for the floor. The house <laughs> is not important. It's just the floor. <laughs> so they bang on the floor and then they end up in Everett's marriage bed and they're facing toward each other. And yeah. that's symbolism. <laughs> <laughs> the hand on the heart thing that Chase does is not doing what they wanted to do. Nope. Uh, <laughs> That's weird. Also, there's a harpsichord. It might not be a harpsichord. Um, at first, I thought it was a guitar, and then it sounded like a harp. And usually, when that is happening, it's because you're hearing a harpsichord. Uh, there's a harpsichord in the soundtrack uh, in this scene, and I hate it. You have <laughs> not earned that harpsichord. Put it, down. Put it away. Put it away. Uh, then, like, the next morning... Everett gets dressed and he like looks wistfully at himself in the mirror like he's just like done something that he's always wanted to do and the chase like comes up behind him and kisses his shoulder and shut up shut <laughs> up I hate them it is it is shocking how like unromantic the whole thing is it, it's again it's like they they failed their first uh their first like perception check that I'm like I didn't I, I didn't, like, buy in from the beginning. And so when they're showing me all this stuff, I'm just like, what? <laughs> then Everett says, I wish this week could last forever. And Chase says, it can't. <laughs> Simply leave your husband and child. <laughs> yeah, Chase is, like, grumpy that Everett won't leave his husband, which you I think... he was married. Right. You I think that's so right. presumptuous of him. Uh, then they're in the living room again. If anyone ever read my own work out loud to me, like, professors will do that occasionally, and it is mm -hmm. always excruciating. Yes. Hate, my mom does this. She'll, like... I'll be, like, typing on the family computer in the kitchen, and I'll get up to go to the bathroom, and I come back, and she's there, and she's looking at my stuff and moving my commas around. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> she'll point at the screen and start reading, and I have to leave the room. Oh, my mom can only read my work by saying it out loud, and I'm like, if you're going to do that, I need to leave the house. I need to be outside. Yeah, I need... I'm going to be in a different state while this occurs. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I, I really struggle with that. Uh hearing my own work out loud um even like reading my own work out loud to someone else is very mm -hmm. difficult for me Sucks. Uh, i don't like that either um <laughs> i'm a very like it's it's printed on the page for a reason please read it there um but yeah it's a very again a lot of assumptions about what is romantic to writers um and what works and if you are listening to this podcast i say as a guest on one episode uh trying to pick up tips of how to woo a writer um <laughs> then use this film as your inverse <laughs> teacher <laughs> the best thing that you can do is to uh, ask them what they're writing and then when they start describing plot holes that they can't figure out nod and smile until they talk themselves out of the plot hole because that happens every single time yeah that is mm -hmm. very true it's like you kind of <laughs> if you if you 
like listening. Um, if you, if you just want to hear the story, just kind of ask the writer, like, hey, so what is it that you're working on? And then just sit back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll, we'll go. We'll go. We'll tell you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just smile and nod and, like, maybe occasionally say, oh, that sounds really interesting. They'll fall in love with you. Yeah, I was going to, to make some horrible joke about, like, the, the best way to woo a writer is just to, like, give us some money so we don't have any. Um <laughs> <laughs> Or if you consider if you becoming buy, their patron, if you want to, yeah, consider consider donating to my Patreon, and that's how. <laughs> I meant in like the the Shakespearean sense. Of no, like, absolutely. Consider consider getting yourself consider. a pet writer that absolutely. you just pay their bills and uh, give them and like pay to have them eat food, and occasionally they will vomit out a few pages for you to read, and it's great. Yeah, absolutely. Order, you can do the thing where you order DoorDash for, like, someone else, you know, and send mm-hmm. send food to their house. That's how you mm-hmm. that's how you woo a writer. Um, <laughs> the distance is important. Gotta be far away from them. <laughs> send them some stuff. <laughs> Works great. Chase is perturbed in this scene, presumably because Everett won't leave his husband for him. Uh, they're talking about their relationship through the lens of talking about his draft. Uh, and that yep. could be interesting if the movie went anywhere with it. Or, like, built anything up before it. Yeah. Nope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just happening. Everett says that Chase has trust issues that's literally not been demonstrated. Uh, <laughs> Chase says that Everett doesn't take risks. And Everett's like, I'm risking a lot right now. And Chase is like, oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and then Whoops. they go to bed. I hate all the dialogue in this movie. As if they live together. That's a very good. Uh, that's a very good point. Also, yeah, let's talk about how Chase is paying for a hotel room this whole time, and then it's just like, yeah, actually, I just sleep in this family's house right now. <laughs> My goodness. I mean, you can also see this as kind of like a long con from from Chase in the end, where he's like, yeah, I want a writing retreat, and I don't want to pay for my hotel room. He hasn't checked out yet. We see him checking out later. He's right. still paying. He's still paying for it. <laughs> Chase is then, like, working on his book, I guess, the next morning. Um, he finishes an edit and, like, silently hands the draft to Everett. That's a mood. <laughs> <laughs> Everett reads it for two seconds and has, like, a revelation. He apparently, Chase, like, was kicked out um, and has, like, for being gay, presumably, and has now incorporated that element into the book. The character originally ran away from home, um, presumably because he was trying to distance his work from his own trauma, and that's a good and healthy thing to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but Everett was like, no, you have to put your trauma in the book, and now he has, and Everett's like, good job. Yeah, I will say, though, <laughs> interestingly... Um, one of the few discussions or examinations of uh, homophobia in this film. Yes. It's one of those those movies where, like, again, uh, Big Eden is coming out this week when we're recording this. Um, and, like, that's a movie. Uh, that's a better movie. That's a movie where <laughs> that's a homophobia movie. just doesn't exist. Um, but, like, the ramifications of homophobia exist in a real way. And so in this movie, homophobia doesn't really exist. Um, but, like, I guess the rib, like, it does if you have a tragic backstory. Yeah. It can only be part of your tragic backstory. That's how it's, 
it exists. It takes place in a time, um, you know, before 2009 when, um, <laughs> you know, phobia, homophobia just like ran rampant. And then, of course, after 2009 or in 2009 moving forward, no such thing. No such thing. No observable homophobia in the world anymore. <laughs> you know, one day that will be true, probably. Uh, then the husband calls. And because this is a movie, they are coming back early. Yeah. And it's like day eight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been so long. Everyone remember the plot critical mold? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was supposed to fix the mold in the shower drain. He was too busy having an affair. So he goes over like, to his oh, mom's no. place. <laughs> he goes over to his mom's place and she's digging through a cabinet. And he's like, do you have disinfectant? And um, I don't... I, I've never treated a mold problem in a bathroom, but I don't think that you just spray disinfectant on it. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, again, this is lending more credence to the fact that I think Everett puts off these chores and doesn't do these chores because he doesn't want to admit that he doesn't know how to do them. Which, <laughs> valid, relatable, but again, maybe something that you need to, like, work on rather than continue to, uh, to do i don't know also if you've been together rather than cheat on your husband seven to eight years yeah do you ever are you ever so embarrassed about your uh your inability to deal with a mold problem that you have an affair uh instead of uh figuring out how to demold your shower that's what this movie is about in the end david lewis is right it's not based on bridges of madison county it's based on a mold problem <laughs> His mom, um, like, looks at the cabinet that she's digging through. The, the cabinet is open. It's very clearly being, like, used to store, like, small kitchen appliances and things like cheese graters and Tupperware. And she's like, uh, I could never figure out your father's organization system, so I will never be able to find the mold. It's probably not in that cabinet. They're ma- <laughs> it shows. It shows that their marriage is on the rocks. Just can't. I've never understood his uh, organizational sense. Oh, I've never understood him. I felt like there were there's a couple of moments where it's it's very meant to be. You know, haha, streets are at it again. You know what the I mean? The heteros are upsetteros. Oh, the heteros. Oh, I I always thought their marriage was fine. I thought the brothers was weird because mm. the brothers like a piece of garbage, but um, <laughs> the parents gave me the impression that like you know this horrible right. thing happened in the past and for some mm-hmm. reason they decided to like move on from it even though the dad's clearly mm-hmm. still kind of upset about it and yeah that's mm-hmm. what the movie wants us to believe right okay i see but the mom specifically says several things where it's like oh well like is it being like sitcom dad style of like oh take my husband please kind of stuff right oh, I right see. i th- I feel that the level of, like, relationship issues that this film is willing to examine is definitely set within the sitcom plane of existence, you mm-hmm. know, where the, you know, our marriage is on the rocks because your mom just buys too many damn antiques, you know, like that kind of thing, <laughs> rather than real um, things that really erode the foundation of a marriage such as mold in the shower. <laughs> Chase angrily packs. Dee Dee is way too invested. She suggests uh, that he, like, take a walk. Uh, Ma'am, why do you care? He already paid for the room. (laughs) Right. I just, having worked front desk at a hotel before, um, my my God. (laughs) Very invested. Uh, Everett 
uh, and his mom sit down and they talk about how the fact that she about the fact that she had an affair once um, mm-hmm. and that's why she's been so weirdly supportive of uh, Everett cheating on his husband. I don't know why this and, movie's romanticizing cheating so much. Yeah, she's genuinely like the thesis of this film seems to be yeah, go for it. Cheat on your husband. It's fine. Yeah, cheating's great. It's essential to a healthy marriage. Yeah, like go out and adventure. Cheat on your husband. It again is so invested in this idea of advancing the idea that like soulmates are real, that it's like trying to use cheating as a device to like demonstrate how powerful you know soul mate connections are you know Mm -hmm. and that they're so powerful that they override the fact that you shouldn't cheat on your husband they override like very normal like responsibilities that you have not just as like a person in a relationship but just like as a human person like mm-hmm. living within a social system um that like all of that just goes by the wayside when it comes to soulmates again very true of bridges this is why the whole thing is very surreal um but anyhow this this uh scene <laughs> now has new resonance for me because this is where i i advance my pet theory which is that redwoods and the reason why david lewis cannot acknowledge that his film is based on bridges of madison county is because this film is meant to take place within the same universe oh. a bridges extended universe if you will <laughs> wherein uh the mom in uh redwoods is meant to um have some kind of like resonance or similarity to uh the main character of bridges where i see Mm. the mom as being a uh you know she has gone through this once similarly we have experienced theoretically have experienced this narrative once before um we learned from bridges and therefore the thing that we took away from bridges in the form of this character is to say um actually cheating's cheating swell actually it's sick um go ahead and do it it's fine uh soulmates is soulmates that's how it is you know and therefore i support you because of this and that there's some sense of like, you know, you should, I have been supportive of this because I, I cheated and don't regret it. <laughs> you know, that's very like, anyway, that's, mm-hmm. this is why I'm a Bridges of Madison County scholar now. <laughs> I see it everywhere. <laughs> Chase wanders through the forest uh, before ter- returning to the B&B to find Everett waiting for him. Everett has purchased the keepsake box from the antique store, and uh, he has had two keys made. And he's like, I'm going to keep this key forever. Mm-hmm. Romance. Romance. <laughs> Everett's parents hold hands while sad music plays. <laughs> we just get a hard cut to them holding hands. Not looking at each other very far apart they have to stretch out to hold hands across this countertop and they're not looking at each other they're just holding hands chase wants to meet they go to this overlook and this overlook in this bare field looking over presumably humble the town um there's no redwoods in sight that i can see uh, <laughs> lots of other kinds of trees is way more important uh, to the movie we've seen it several times it's way more important to the movie than the than the 
redwoods are this movie should have been called barren overlook Uh, (laughs) this is like such an important scene and this just Mm -hmm. doesn't have redwoods in it and i would also weird how ugly it is yeah i i was going to say and desaturated this is in like a a really naturally beautiful place and you're like let's meet as somewhere beautiful um it's just like a field (laughs) <laughs> we're like we're in Iowa again or whatever <laughs> we're, we're back in Bridges Chase wants to meet up again after five years um, and Everett's like cool Chase leaves Everett is wearing the Minnesota shirt yep oh Chase <laughs> Everett's like uh, tries to give him directions to get out of town and Chase is like I'm not lost anymore <laughs> Stupid. I hate this movie. I hate this movie. <laughs> I mean, I want I really, really love the idea also that it's it's an inversion of what happens in Bridges wherein a romantic West Coast uh artist comes to mm-hmm. the Midwest to, you know, bring some some cool, you know, sophisticated passion, right, to the Midwest. And I love the idea that the romantic everything in the romantic romantic well uh, is seen as being sourced from Minnesota and that <laughs> or the Midwest or North Dakota and that, you know, Washington or the West Coast or wherever it's is um, you know, Redwoods territory is a California. place that's so California, thank you. That is so, yeah. so barren, so unsophisticated that it <laughs> needs a little injection of a, mm, a little North Dakota, you know, it's a really, a little Minnesota. That's mm-hmm. where the real romance is. I, I love that, that inversion. It takes, the Midwest is what really sets the West Coast, you know, that's, that's what the West Coast needs. And that's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> is that not what i just did i guess i'm the romantic midwesterner moving to the west coast i don't know about that (laughs) miles and billy come home uh everett can only talk to his son about boats or his height (laughs) yeah oh you've gotten so big (laughs) i hate this entire Uh, scene oh my god this is actually the scene that makes me angriest Mm -hmm, i think mm -hmm. you're right (laughs) Billy got a new sailboat for his collection, and that's important to me. Hell yeah. Sailing ship. It's a special interest, and he deserves another model ship. Um, the mold in the shower means that the marriage is falling apart. Yeah. <laughs> he just starts packing. Okay. They're in the bedroom. <gasps> They're talking about the trip. Husband goes into the bathroom. Husband oh. storms back out of the bathroom, and he is a little annoyed about the mold still being there um and like maybe he's a little too short with everett in this scene. i would be uh, annoyed your, your mileage may vary yeah you eight, know, days. He, eight, eight days eight days and you had to do eight. one thing <laughs> and he's like yeah sorry the accounting was just so <laughs> i just accounted so hard that i forgot about the uh the shower which i presumably used like every day <laughs> like i keep using the shower and there keeps being mold in it and i just like you know i had eight days and sorry miles is like the mold and Everett just starts packing he miles leaves the room he's like i'm gonna go get something to demold the shower and Everett starts packing. Billy comes into the room, and uh, Billy's very clearly it's like, "Hey, what's going on? Some, some's wrong." Right. Uh, and Everett is like, 
tell me what to do. <laughs> He's a child. Oh. He's a baby. I don't understand oh why God. he doesn't, He's like, dead. literally talk to Miles at any point. Like, he just ups and walks out this door, and Miles is like, oh, where are you going? And he's just, just leaves. What Husband just catches was? him on the way out the door. Billy is not having this running away business, grabs onto his leg, because, again, he can't, he doesn't know how to communicate because his parents haven't taught, taught him how to do so, obviously. Yeah. They yeah. don't know how. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Miles desperately tries to comfort Billy, despite the fact that he can see that his husband is running away for some reason. Uh, Everett says, I'll be back for you to Billy. I'll skin you, sir. I'll skin you and wear you as a hat. Um, (laughs) It's, this whole scene is so deeply abhorrent to me. I, I like... (laughs) It's the most, it's the plot divisification of Billy yeah. that makes me furious. There's this weird, like, moment where they're like, yes, Billy is nonverbal and, again, has not been given tools to communicate with his parents. And then what, and then Everett's, like, moment with him is, like, tell me what to do, like, like, why aren't you giving me more input? Brother, you have not given your child the tools that he needs to communicate with you, and you're like, rah, rah. Like, he also what? doesn't know what happened. Miles doesn't know what happened. Miles came home and was and is like... My heart broke for Miles. And there's still mold in it, and then your husband just starts starts packing? Like, I cannot imagine. If I was away for a week and I came home and I was like, hey, and like something is very clearly wrong with the house. Like if I, I came home and there is like, I don't know, like garbage everywhere, just like something wild going on. And I'm like <laughs> to my partner, like, hey, what's going on? And they just start packing. <laughs> I am telling you, my sympathies are not with the packing person right now. Yeah. I <laughs> Hello? Yeah. Use use your words, brother. What's happening? And then he's like, "Why isn't my child like showing me the way, dude?" He just went to look at sailing ships, and now his dad's <laughs> leaving. What is happening? Everett storms out the door, and Miles turns to him with tears in his eyes and says, "Don't be long." <laughs> like yeah, my heart What for does him. this mean? Why why is Everett crying? He's he's trying to like be strong for Billy in this moment, like, genuinely. <laughs> like, his only moment of real parenting. It's it's very, yeah. Which, again, su- suggests to us somehow that, like, this is something that has been openly discussed between the two of them, is, like, our marriage is not working out, or our relationship is not working out, and Everett's like, I want to leave, and, like, I'm, I'm probably gonna leave, and Miles is like, well, I don't want you to, but okay. I mean, that's like the the background that's kind of implied by the the Miles emotionality in the scene. That again, we are just not really given, and instead, it's just kind of like, oh, I yeah. guess you're leaving now. <laughs> See ya. Or or Miles thought everything was fine. Right. Miles did not detect a problem because Everett did not communicate a problem. This is exactly what I thought the whole time, yeah, is that... And that's why this scene is terrifying from Miles and Billy's perspective. <laughs> right. They leave for a week. They leave for eight days, and Everett bolts. 
Again, What's going on? Speaks very much to like Everett is just not a good like partner or parent is really no. what is coming through, but not in like a like a you know a way that's relatable or understandable or instructive. Or um, he pers- just does purposeful. not put in yeah or purposeful uh, or meaningful in any way. He just like doesn't put in the effort of being a, a partner or a parent and he's like I don't want to have consequences to my actions you know. Mm-hmm. Yes I've been in a relationship for seven years like yes I have a son um, but I don't I, I don't really like having those responsibilities so I'm just gonna also, like not have them. I don't understand his plan in this moment because he like <laughs> runs to catch up with uh, Chase, who for some reason hasn't left yet and is back at that stupid, ugly field. And they just, yeah. like, look at each other. And then that's it? And then he just lets Chase leave without him after all? I don't understand why you packed The music then. swells. The music swells. We cut to black. Yeah. And I wrote down, why isn't the movie over yet? Why isn't the movie over yet? Uh, this is definitely when I said out loud, roll credits. <laughs> roll credits scene i always forget about i don't understand why he didn't leave with him i have seen this movie about six times now oh my god what is wrong with you i keep showing it to people are you okay i keep torturing my friends with it Um, and i always forget how it ends the ending the ending did five years later explode me Billy Everett and Miles are like having breakfast in their dining room. Um, uh, Billy and the husband are going on a different trip. They're going to <laughs> Eureka, which I think is supposed to be significant. Huh. Oh, just uh, because it's named Eureka? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it says, this is uh, David Lewis saying, hey, hey guys, you know what kind of moment's about to come? One might say a Eureka moment. Write I that down, write that down. <laughs> I have a question. What? Do they have an arrangement? Does Miles know about the five years thing? That's what this implies because of their if, conversation. If he's have... like, he's probably not going to show. Miles is like, oh, don't worry. He will. No, that's the brother. That's the brother. That's the brother. Oh, I thought that was Miles. Oh. Are you sure? No, that's the brother. That's the brother. I don't know why mm. I wrote down Miles, but okay. Um, either the way. like, hell yeah. That's, I don't know why the brother's supporting it. This movie's so stupid. I hate every single character. I, I want to really strangle all of them. I, Everyone don't. here sucks, except Billy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not Billy's fault, but like, oh my god, this movie's so stupid. It's awful. It's not, it's like, it's stupid, and then it like is trying really hard to like be stupid is the thing that I find incredible. There's so many things that they just did not have to do in this film that they did that made it worse. Yeah. (laughs) Why? Mm -hmm. (laughs) This took effort to make it this bad. Mm -hmm. They had to build in the whole Billy subplot because they're like, this movie isn't ableist enough. (laughs) We got rid of homophobia and then they're like, I don't think ableism's enough. I think we have to have a racist beat. <laughs> and then David Lewis is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly like just adding like a little bit, you know, just when you add just a little shake of paprika. And they're like, <laughs> yes, I have not made enough people feel bad watching this movie yet. You know, that's David Lewis. This is my David Lewis impression. <laughs> Chase's car, Chase's car. 
but that's not chase the drama the, the suspense drama. unless I, I mean unless something happened to chase in the intervening years <laughs> uh, there's a there's a lady uh, she's here's cousin Jessica Everett says that Chase said that Jessica was his favorite cousin I wish that we had gotten that conversation because one we would have gotten to know Chase even a little bit and two foreshadowing um, someone else talk about what happened with the key, with the, the key to the keepsake box because I'm gonna die <laughs> This scene was so annoying because the whole time my mm-hmm. brain's like, why is the movie still going on? Like, I, I don't understand why? why it isn't over yet. But she's just like, yeah, uh, Chase died and we like never thought to tell you. I don't know why we know about you since like you just kind of <laughs> hung out for a week that one time five years ago. But for some reason, she's she's like, I hear I heard so much about you. They hung out for six days. Yeah, I don't I don't understand why you heard about him. Why is he talking about this guy he met one time? But she, like, drove all the way out here to deliver the stupid jewelry box. Buried just... with the key to the keepsake box. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Chase had, he developed lung cancer. He died relatively recently, I feel. And he was very adamant that Jessica come to Humboldt on this day to this house and bring, I hopefully they had moved yet, um, <laughs> to bring the keepsake box. Uh, the keepsake box contains harmonica, photos from the trip, and the only known copy of Redwoods by Chase No Last Name. Nah. <laughs> yeah, why'd he call he the book wrote Redwoods? He a book about it. That's a, but why is it called Redwoods? They spent so Presumably. long talking about how stupid his original title was. <laughs> and then he calls it this thing that has nothing to do with the story. We know it has they nothing to do with the story. In the Redwoods one time. They went on one Redwood date. Right? <laughs> yeah. It was, a, it was like twice. It was like twice. Oh my god, twice? The platonic <laughs> date and then the date date. Um, also, Chase uh, Everett keeps his key wrapped up with the Minnesota t-shirt. I don't know um, why Miles never noticed that or thought it was weird. He says he Everett is wearing it in the scene where he runs away. And uh, before he runs away, before he discovers the mold, Miles says, oh, I like that shirt. <laughs> I love Minnesota. <laughs> right. But like, but like, why does he not notice the shirt weirdly wrapped up like with everything else? holding yeah. his key and think that's been hiding it do they have an arrangement i need to know <laughs> i mean it really does really does imply that they have an arrangement but the movie doesn't say they have an arrangement i know but yeah. it's the only ethical outcome <laughs> <laughs> i think everett just just kept this secret not even like an ethical outcome because you know that they have this arrangement and just don't talk about it it's really terrible Poor Miles. Miles knows that he has to be out of the house on this date, and that's it. Uh, I mean, it feels, again, very similar to the parents, to Everett's parents, it feels, Mm -hmm. because while they do seem to have together acknowledged the affair and have decided together to you know continue their relationship in spite of it um there's a lot of things that the that Everett's dad says as we mentioned earlier um that seems to imply that he like does not feel good about it and it still like bothers him 
Whereas Everett's mom is just kind of like, hell yeah, I we're good now. It's right. good. Why include you know? the dad character at all if everyone else, if the movie itself is going to say that cheating is like the greatest choice you can ever make? Mm-hmm. Right. It does add this kind of wrinkle that it doesn't need to except again where where we all react to the dad that the way in the way that we did which was to say i mean thank god here's someone who seems to make sense mm-hmm. <laughs> someone who seems to be the accountability character um but it's really quite upsetting that all the accountability is being kind of heaped onto these the characters who are being cheated on which mm-hmm. which i would include billy in that because it is very much demonstrated that you know ever is cheating on his family unit and his existing life um it's so it is very confusing that they they're like look accountability does happen um but you don't have to worry about it that's like that's your family's problem it's soulmates Mm -hmm. they get soulmates and that's very bizarre i i'll talk about the the end of bridges of madison county um when, when we finish talking through the end of redwoods well, that's, I mean, all we have left is a stupid narration scene again, for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> they, like, join hands in the film, in the field. We get, we go back to the field, they join hands and walk into the sunset, which feels like the ending to the movie, but we have this other sequence interjected. This movie forces itself to have barrier gaze in it. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, well, that scene, that didn't really happen, right? Because they're wearing different clothes, so it's just, like... What? Dream. What? Right? What? This is my question about the ending of the film, because when we watched it, I was obsessed with the ending, because I was like, why would you show this as if this is either an imagined or a dream sequence, or as I could not get over (laughs) when I watched the film the first time which was that end sequence has all of kind of the it fills all my genre expectations of like showing someone in the afterlife yeah that's Uh. that's that's what it is they're like happily Mm. dreaming together or whatever like we'll meet again someday when you die yeah exactly i didn't catch that at all you guys are so smart (laughs) well i paid weird attention to their shirts throughout this entire movie because it was so amusing (laughs) to me that like things the director tried to do with that and failed along with everything else so (laughs) i mean really autumn i'm in awe of how well you've been able to like attach kind of an apparatus of reason to this movie in terms of like (laughs) how many days has it been you know i was so obsessed with this you know i know but it's like it's one of the few ways that you can make the film make some semblance of sense you're like well yeah i will i will meet you on the field of your you know your logic (laughs) that you're putting out like yes i will do battle with you on this field of logic and then it's like it just kind of loses it um but yeah i definitely felt that in terms of uh the 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 framing of this scene it felt so much like it was so like purposefully responding to you know we just talked about like oh he tragically died and then we're like let's do this weird little like you know in our well in our hearts you know in the the like non-denominational afterlife well within this <laughs> you know imagined plane around the soulmate plane or whatever represented um, again, by this desaturated field in california as we all know california desaturated ugly no one likes it there (laughs) you know (laughs) as california is famous for um did 
Sorry, did David Lewis, like, go on location in California just to, like, make it look ugly? Was that, like, his oh goal? Oh, my God. What a weird like, what I a fucking weird hate goal. California. I'm gonna make it look bad. That's what it feels like. <laughs> I think Redwoods are overrated. I'm gonna show you, you know? Man, so we've stupid. solved it. Wow, BuzzFeed solved. Um, there's very, like, a, a dreamlike quality at the end of the movie that I'm... I was so obsessed with where I was like, wait, what, mm-hmm. what is this the about? Sequence, the sequence is summoned by the indirect kiss of Everett blowing on the harmonica. Yeah. So the end of uh, Bridges of Madison County, Francesca, who is the Everett, after her husband dies and her mm-hmm. children move away, she attempts to locate and contact Robert Kincaid. So mm-hmm. she she wait it's not five years it's like fucking forty, and uh, and she tries to contact him again, um, and finds uh, that it's it's very difficult to find him, and in the end she finds that um, Robert uh, has died and that he has died uh, a few years after her husband, and they've they've missed each other right that you know she uh, the implication kind of is that she waited too long you know, and they were never meant to be together in this life, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Mm -hmm. But there's a very strong um, emphasis on what happens after they die, which for Robert is that he leaves his belongings to Francesca. Like he sends (laughs) his his shit to her. Um, He just like doesn't have a family. He's like the perfect romantic figure where he's like oh he's been a loner all his life you know he he was married once but it didn't work out because he was too much of a wanderer you know that kind of bullshit and uh he uh and so he leaves all his stuff to francesca and when francesca dies she asks that her ashes are scattered at the bridge where she and kincaid first went and she was his photographer's assistant and that they scatter her ashes there and they honor her wishes. So this kind of a return to the most meaningful moment in their life is something where Robert Kincaid and Francesca Johnson are able to kind of find parallelism once again, that they they both in death are able to demonstrate how much this meant to them, um, carried out by their children or whoever. Um, and that according to Wikipedia, it says, uh, you know, it inspires the, the kids to look at their own marriages and work through troubles in their own marriages or, or whatever. I don't know. Um, and again, very funnily, um, you know, this novel is published and then the author uh, leaves his family for the person that he is cheating <laughs> with. Uh, so it's all it's all tangled up in there. Um, but anyhow, uh, my point is, it's very interesting that like age, time and death are very important in Bridges of Madison County. Again, it's meant to be uh, for middle aged or older people and that in Redwoods, they kind of do something similar but like truncated or or shortened um wherever it doesn't die but he still gets to somehow reunite with uh chase on the on the the field of our dreams you know (laughs) so dumb (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah so (laughs) this movie's bad um i can't wait more people to watch it yeah final thoughts (laughs) i had to spend four dollars on this movie and i will regret it every day for the rest of my life offered to venmo you 
I cannot <laughs> believe it was not still free for me. I can't believe I financially supported this film in any capacity. I own this movie. I paid $15 for it, and well, I can you, show it to anyone I want. You make so want. many bad choices. That's, like, that's on you, you know? <laughs> I, I mean, I, in terms of, my God, final thoughts, um, when I when I told you that I had read Bridges of Madison County so that I, I could be prepared to talk about this and talk about the adaptation kind of pile-on that is the, the source of this movie, I mean, this movie is just kind of, like, three adaptations in a trench coat um mm-hmm. and that and that uh autumn you said like you know, something along the lines of like you know i can't like that that's wild i can't believe you did that you guys have watched so many bad movies i feel like <laughs> i've done nothing compared to the amount of emotional labor that you've put into this project so i am I feel that it was my duty to 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 read Bridges, so that I could contribute something to this, so that we could all meet on this on this plane, this uh you know drab washed out uh, field in California where we could all share our feelings <laughs> together. That's a beautiful way to end this episode. Um, you can find the show at but is it underscore gay on Twitter. You can find uh, we're also on okay but is it gay on TikTok. Our theme song is thanks to Enoff, E-N-O-F-F, on Instagram. I am on Twitter at Hal S. Hewlin. Uh, Autumn, where are you on the internet? Autumnal underscore season. Jenny, do you have anything you want to plug? Do you have a oh, Twitter to follow? My, my. You can follow my Twitter at SFJennyB for science fiction, not San Francisco. Um, at least not yet. So, <laughs> um, And thank you very much for having me on the show. I'm very honored. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, we loved hearing all your beautiful thoughts. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) I hope I never have to talk about this book ever again. 